You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Bucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. Good morning, hockey fans. Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, an Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games, practices, and storylines by your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week, including some exciting mini-sodes called After Skate, of course, After Morning Skate, and After Practices, where we get some great one-on-one time with your favorite players. So be sure to download the Odyssey app, hit that auto-download button after searching Pucks and Bolts so that you can have all of these brand new exciting episodes just sitting there waiting for you. Be sure to share and subscribe with friends, family, and other hockey fans all around. Guys, I am Casey Hudson, joined by my lovely co-host Kaylee Mizell, and it is time for us to get into a brand new episode of Pucks and Bolts. Good morning, Kaylee. Good morning. Um, I'm Casey, I'm really excited this morning. We were just like talking about our plans and some of the things that we have going on for the future with Pucks and Bolts, which is really exciting. I don't know. Should we like drop some news now or just hint at it and drop it later? I I don't know. I'm that person that can never keep a surprise because I'm just too anxious. Like I give gifts early. I blow surprises. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) I love it. Well, Let's lean into that. Pucks and Bolts fans, Casey and I are so excited because we're actually going to be talking to Tampa Bay Lightning alumni, Brian Bradley, next week, right before the Nashville game. Um, So we will have a special episode with Brian Bradley coming at you soon. Um, And Casey, he's just all around a fun guy. He, you know, the way that he played when he was on the Tampa Bay Lightning is great. And then just the fact that he stick, stuck around, you know, he really loves this town. He loves the organization. And one of his jobs is that he helps, um, he helps and bring families to the rink and show them around and show them, um, you know, these really special families who uh, a lot of times are going through some really hard times. And so we just, today is the last day of the NHL's Hockey Fight Cancer Month. And Brian Bradley was very, very involved in the Lightning's effort for Hockey Fights Cancer. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about that. But fans, I'm so excited to bring that interview to you. And so if you have any questions and you're like, I've been dying to ask Brian Bradley this question, let us know. Hit us up at Pucks and Bolts on Twitter. Let us know what you think, and we will be sure to relay the message. We're really excited to chat with him soon. and, uh, and, and it's not going to be the last one. We have more in store for you guys. 
Yes. So like Casey said off the top, be sure <laughs> to find Pucks and Bolts wherever you get your podcast and download the uh, the Odyssey app. Subscribe to Pucks and Bolts. Turn on the auto download button. So anytime we do have a special guest or a fun episode, you guys are in the know. But speaking of in the know, Casey, I guess it's time to get into the breakout, right? Yeah. That's where we dish out all of the news and, and updates. I almost said news and notes. I have I have the riddles of Friday still stuck in my head. Uh, <laughs> news and notes for you guys to get primed up. Um, but yeah, I guess no news is good news for the most part. Yeah. I mean, I guess the biggest news is that and it's kind of, it kind of, it makes me like sad. It's like a little bit heartbreaking. I just have a feeling that Steven Stamkos is going to get to career point a thousand on this road trip and that we're not going to yeah. see him do it at home Yeah, because he's at career point nine ninety nine. So I'm so excited Thank for him. Oh, it's going to be such it. a special moment. It just mm -hmm. stinks like the tiniest bit that, you know, the home crowd won't probably. And I feel like a lot of his milestones are on the road. Like yeah. he has the of succeeding on the road. I he know. mentioned that after something, uh, one of his most recent accolades, obviously Stammer has so many of them at this point in his career and because he's just phenomenal. But um, one of the ones that he was actually able to collect at home, he's like, I think this is like the first one I've ever been able to appreciate yeah. here at home ice. And then here he goes racking up 999 yesterday versus the Bruins. And it's like, well, they got one more game and he's Steven Samkos. So more than likely... It's not going to be here, Kaylee. I do we do something special for him once he gets here besides a video package? Uh, no, I think that they'll do a video package and they'll do like in the like during like the game and mm -hmm. usually everybody like bangs their sticks and they'll do something special. Um yeah. of course we'll talk to him, you know, ahead of time at morning skate when yeah. they are back in town and we'll we'll spend a, a few minutes chatting with Stammer and asking him about that special moment um if it does come on the road. And of course we'll relay that message to you guys. In fact, we probably could just include the audio. Maybe we'll just include that his his entire answer to um how however you know he felt um Stammer is a really, really great speaker, and he's very thoughtful whenever he talks about his milestones. He he puts a lot of thought into it, and and they really are special for him. It's not obviously winning and and winning the championships. That's the biggest thing, and that's the thing that you fight for the most. Right. But having these individual milestones, it is special. And there's guys that he's really close to in his career, like Marty St. Louis. Um, you know, and Vinny, you know, Vinny LeCavier that will reach out to him and, and, you know, like just guys, from, uh, you know, even guys like from around the league guys from whenever he was younger, like a lot of people reach out whenever you hit these milestones yeah. and he'll be one of like, not age youngest, but like he'll have gotten, whenever you look at the graphic and how many games people have had to get to that milestone. Right. He has very few games. Like he's going to have less than a thousand games to get to that milestone. So um, it just shows you how good of a player he is and, and how um, how good of a goal scorer he is. Yeah. Um, and and he's also 
you know, really, really good at setting people up. So of course we will share with you and celebrate with you fans, whether it comes on the road or at home, we will bring you the latest here on pucks and bolts. But Casey, that's really the only bit of news because the guys are healthy. Turn to the lineup. I think that's the other biggest thing. Um, And it was just, it's really cool when you see how the tone changes or reacclimates when a player, you know, can, can be in and can be out. And they went back to 12 forward, six defensemen with Bellamy returning to the lineup versus, you know, 11, seven. So he returned and fit right back in, in form and fashion. And I think that helped generate those two bottom lines getting a lot more involved, which Kaylee and I will get into uh, as we get into the recaps of two very exciting games. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Exciting in different ways, too. It's a very different style of hockey. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, let's just get into it, right? The the Lightning had a game against the Sabres, and the Sabres are a really, really hot team right now, led by, um, yeah, Tage Thompson, who you mentioned, Casey, in our problematic players. He, I mean, he's so hot right now. You look at any NHL highlights, you look at what's going on, he is like the lead on almost all of the NHL highlights. Just the way that this guy moves is incredible. And he had a really fantastic goal and a really fantastic move yeah. against the Lightning as well. Casey, this is a guy that it can be, again, very, very problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sabres are playing out of their minds right now. And the Lightning, you know, it was a really fun game to watch. That 6-5 overtime win. Speaking of the captain, the Steven Stamkos getting that overtime goal. That was his second goal of the game, in fact. Um, But Casey, starting with that game, uh, the Lightning came out pretty hot in that game, which was really good to see, especially on the road. You have both Braden Point and Corey Perry getting involved early on. Braden Point on that power play goal. Second time in a row there, too. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was really good to see because we talk a lot about getting out to a fast start. What did you like so much about that fast start that the Lightning got out to against the Sabres? Well, because it felt like they brought that same energy in the first period that they did versus the Blues versus the Sabres. And as you mentioned opening up, Kaylee, the Sabres team is, you know, they're a strong team. And I think they're almost pretty underrated at this point um, in, in some ways, not many ways, but in some ways they're they're easy to overlook. And and for them to come out and set the tone versus a high scoring team that has a Tage Thompson, that's not only a really good skater, but if you look at his build and his size, it's almost really weird to think of the position that he plays. He's a very long guy. So when he makes these goals, he's also able to box people out and keep them so far away with his reach. And then his puck handling skills on top of all the lengthiness that he has on his body that takes a lot of athleticism, you know? Yeah. When you see guys coming up in hockey, you typically worry about the string beans that 
um, you know, what position are they going to play? How lethal are they going to be? And Tage Thompson is, is athletic. He's lethal. He uses that reach to his advantage. It hasn't minimized his puck handling skills. And unfortunately, we did see that. But uh, as you mentioned, what I loved about the opening was when Braden Point starts getting hot, it's dangerous. So for him oh. to open the scoring in back-to-back games is crucial because he's just going to continue to build and ride that high. We've seen it. And how many seasons has it been since we've really seen a fully healthy Braden Point that can just continue to go out there and contribute? So I think that's something else that energizes this team when you see a guy like Braden Point who's this silent leader who's starting to build momentum at such a pivotal point of the season a quarter way through, opening the scoring back-to-back two goals in back-to-back games. Mm -hmm. And what I loved is that versus the Blues, he opened up on even strength. I think that eradicated this this electrifying atmosphere for everyone, especially being at home. But here was the power play. Two power play goals, helping getting that the, the statistics and the percentage of that special teams unit to rise and get in a more positive column. So I like the tone that it set, but have you ever noticed that depending on who opens the scoring, the tone can adjust a little but, you know, it's going to be exciting regardless yeah. if the team gets out front. But sometimes, depending on who does it, the 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 emotions ride a little higher. And I think this team has so much love and respect for Braden Point that when he does something like that, it's just kind of like, all right, we're all going to step in the line here and it's time to go off. Yeah. And you hear, I mean, whenever we've had some of the guys like mic'd up and you hear what some of the things they say, they'll say things like that. They'll see like Nikita Kucherov mm-hmm. or they'll see Braden Point and they'll look at each other and like, you know, again, be mic'd up and they'll say, yeah. he's flying, he's skating, man. Like <laughs> nobody can stop him. And it does. It energizes the entire bench. It energizes everybody. Everybody gets going based off of that. And, and it's kind of been our focus, right? I've focused a lot on this top line because they do bring a lot of energy um, to the rest of the team. Whenever you have Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point and, and Brandon Hagel skating out of their minds and making these fabulous plays, it makes everyone else get really into the game, get excited, and it yeah. makes them say, hey, we have to step up as well. Our top line's doing it, but they can't be the only ones, and so we need to step up as well. And Casey, we saw that we saw, you know, again, Braden point that was, that was on the uh, power play. Um, but still really good to see the power play being successful right off the bat, because again, that's something that we haven't always seen. We talk about the, how the power play ebbs and flows. And so to see it get going right off the game, um, was such a good sign, you know, to see that the lightning capitalized and we're going to see that throughout this game, the lightning capitalizing on opportunities, mm-hmm. um, Corey Perry able to get into the score column and it had been a while for him um, yeah. since he scored a goal. He had such a good look last night. We'll get into the game against Boston <laughs> later. But I know we're both oh, itching to talk about the Boston game, but still a lot of, a lot of so close in that game last night, but he opens it up makes it, or he, he, he doesn't open it up, but he gets that goal after Braden point and makes it two nothing. Um, and the lightning lead and, 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 but, they're on, you know, the Sabres ice and what you saw in this game, Casey, in this back and forth was response. And I think both teams yeah. responded really well to each other because right after that, the Sabres respond within, you know, uh, about a minute, 10 seconds later, Tage mm-hmm. Thompson comes in, scores. And then about another minute after that, Jack Quinn scores. And now it's all tied up going into the second period. Um, Kaylee, something just went through my mind when you said that, because 
especially when you ask, like, what did I love about the first period and how crucial Braden Point scoring was? I think it was almost one of the most significant score openings because the ice was somewhat tilted in the Sabres' favor for the first mm. period. They had an advantage with shots on goal, so their their ozone pressure was a little bit higher, but mm-hmm. you said the key were their response. It could have been really easy to throw the bolts off with the pressure that they were applying in the first there, and I think I feel strongly that they did a good job of managing, even though the score leveled out towards the end of the first period and you know there were some ugly moments and people weren't too happy with it, when you think of the bigger scope of things of what could have happened there, especially with the yeah. ice being tilted in the Sabres' favor, if it wasn't Braden Point opening the score, if it wasn't Corey Perry falling behind and helping keep them up, that could have been a completely different first and a completely different game. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, Casey, you hit the nail on the head, right? Like the 10, there was like a a 10 shot differential in favor of Buffalo in that first period. So the lightning did not, the lightning got a four shots in that first period. The Sabres defended really well against the lightning. And so the fact that the, that the Sabres only came up with just two, I know you're saying just two, and that's like, you're like, Kaylee, you've always said that that's as much as Coach Cooper wants. And I'm like, I know, but considering what it was, mm-hmm. you're right, Casey. That's a really good point to make that it could have been a lot worse that first period. It could have been significantly worse. And you have to remember, again, Moose is in the goal um, because it's back-to-back games. And he's played the Sabres before. Um, they've actually only seen him. I wasn't sure if, if Moose was going to be in the goal again, but it, it makes sense the way that John Cooper played it with Moose against the Sabres and Bassey against Boston. Um, mm-hmm. But it was. It was significantly tilted in in favor of the Sabres. Sabres come out in the second period and add. Um, so then the Sabres have scored three goals back-to-back unanswered before Braden Point scores another power play goal, the Lightning again capitalizing on that power play. And again, it's Braden Point who's capitalizing. The power play went off in that game. They were three for four at the end of the night. And I know um, we were we were um, texting during the game. And up until overtime, up until that very final power play, the Lightning were three for three. They had scored on every power play opportunity they had. So, I mean, this power play in this game against the Sabres was lights out, the way that they were able to produce. And you said um, it. If any teams was going to take place, it should be them on the power play and not on the penalty yep. kill because they could capitalize, and they capitalized. So that's what helped them stay in this game when things – felt like they could slip away at a moment's notice. And that came up very helpful in the penalty column um, in terms of the Sabres racking up versus the Bolts there. And so it's again, it's a matter of the Bolts responded. The, the, Sabres, the, the Sabres came out in the second period, got off to that 3-2 lead, and then the Lightning responded. They responded on the power play. They tied things up. But Casey, what's when we get into the third period that things got <laughs> things got really interesting for me because there was a certain point in time where it almost felt like, is this going to be out of hand? Is this, you know, um, Dylan Cousins scores and about mm-hmm. 10 minutes in gives the Sabres a one goal lead. But then like not even five minutes later, Skinner scores. Yeah. And now it's a two goal. (laughs) And you really only have five minutes to go. And you're like, it's a two goal lead with only five. Can they do this? Is this going to be obtainable? Like they have to, they have to tie it up 
in five minutes to make anything happen. Well, of course, the Lightning can. And who do they get to help them? Well, it's Steven Stamkos, the captain, who uh, who just he just is hot right now. He just has it. Um, and so he comes in less than 20. Right. Am I doing this math right? Less than 20 seconds after their second goal of the third period. Steven Stamkos comes in and responds. And 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 that again, that's the theme of this game. Each team is responding. Um, you know, in the first period, it was the Sabres response. But in the second and third period, it was the Lightning who responded. The Lightning responded yeah. after the Sabres scored. And that's what this team needed to do. They needed to respond and respond well. I think it was Steven Stamkos's goal and the fact that they scored just 20 seconds after mm-hmm. that really got this team energized and going. Sabres make a mistake. They're on the penalty kill again. And who comes up this time? Well, it's Brandon Hagel on the power play goal. So exciting. It was so exciting. Now that, that goal went back and forth. They said it was Hag- They said it was Hagel's and then they Venture. changed it to Kucherov and now they've changed it back to Hagel. So yeah. either way, <laughs> either way, the lightning scored. You're the most um, top talked about guys got the job exactly. done. Yeah, yeah. They got the job done. They were both really hot with Casey. I mean, like two minutes to play. Two uh-huh. minutes to play. And then the last two minutes of the game, the Lightning fend off, um, you know, anything that can happen. There was another power play. That's the one that they didn't score on in the, like, the final minute of action. There was another power play yeah. before they went into overtime. Because going into overtime, I think they had, like, another, like, 30, 40 seconds of that power play. Um, but it's Steven Samkos then in overtime who just gets the game winner. And it was so funny because I was watching the game with my husband and – uh, he kept saying, Stammer's going to, Stammer's going to get the game winning goal. Stammer's going to get the game winning goal. But then Stammer like scored to tie it up. And I was like, that's not the game winner. And cause he got <laughs> so all excited. I was like, I was like that, he didn't even, you know, he like, actually, he didn't even tie it up at that point. It was like five, four still. I was like, yeah, he did really good. But like, that's not the game. That's and I was saying. I was saying I was hot on Alex Kalorn because I thought that um, remember in in my yeah it's time for him to have his game I was saying Alex off. Kalorn just needs one game winning goal and then he passes both Andre Palat and Tyler Johnson yep. to uh, to get to that that you know that next place in Lightning history or whatever yeah and um, and so I'm thinking oh it's Alex Kalorn's Alex Kalorn is gonna come in here and then my husband kind of like won the bet or whatever because Steven well Stammer I was, was with your husband on that because after you said killer I'm like Stammer especially after that whole you know yeah. oh he's always coming up on the power play and the one timer goal and the power play revolves around Stamkos then he kind of made that interesting comment and in post game once after having an even strength goal like all right well I'm not just a power play like score yeah. And after I that, it's been on even strength that he has scored for the team. So on our last Pucks and Bolts pod, after you said killer, I said stammer. So, of course, I'm in here going That's nuts. So Nobody knows why I'm going nuts. Yeah. <laughs> They're no, just like, it's, so it's a great game, right? And I'm like, but I I was rooting for stammer. So Yeah. It was yeah. so great. And, it's That's again, so it's just the Bolts capitalizing. It's They didn't have – you know, after, after the, after the first period, they, they got more, uh, they got a, a better, better amount of shots on net, but even in overtime, Casey, they had one shot on goal and they had one goal. 
<laughs> and over time, well, we talked Buffalo. quality over quantity, you yeah. know, making the right shots land. And there's, it was a couple episodes ago, but it's popped up a few times after a few games where their high danger chances were higher than their opponent, but their shots on goal were lower. So they're yes. just, they're making these angles and these shots count. And something that they work on a lot in practice is coach Cooper keeps setting them up, them up in these angles where it's either shoot or push the puck up. That was an exercise we're doing over and over and over again on their last practice on ice on Sunday. He even cut off half the ice, spray painting it to keep them boxing in a tight space to say, all right, what are you going to make work in this tight space? Are you going to yep. shoot the puck or are you going to push it up and create an opportunity? But he's trying to minimize the amount of passing taking place because we know this team can overpass sometimes. And they've been strategizing that in the last few practices. And you're starting to see it come to life in games, which is why these two games, while you put it so perfectly, different level of excitement, but still very exciting in terms of how it came about. And I think what's also translating so well is it's one of the main things we've had to talk about here on Pucks and Bolts, them giving up in the second period or letting up in the second period. Mm. Second period put them back in this game, even though they weren't loading up on the scoreboard. It was the second period in terms of them leveling out the shots on goal a little bit, uh, evening the response. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was 100% the response. They responded in the second period. They didn't let the fact that uh, the Sabres came out and, and, you know, or got up a goal, scored three on it, you know, like they, the, up to that point, they had scored three unanswered goals before the lightning did come out and respond. They didn't let that impact them mentally. They didn't, they they were mentally tough in the second period. And I think that that's really good. And Steven Samco said after the game, you know, he said, look, there's been games where, you know, we deserve the two points. He was like, we kind of stole the two points away that game. I'm not going to say that we played our best game, but they got the two points and that's what matters. You have to, you know, it, it's a time of year where you have to kind of munch points and you have to really put yourself in a really good position to, to get those. Um, and especially whenever you're on a road trip, especially whenever you have the first of back-to-back games, you want to go out there and you want to get the two points um, whatever way you can. So I think that it gave the lightning the energy enough to, and the excitement enough to go into the next game against Boston, but also knowing that they didn't have a perfect game. And if they play that way, if they play against Boston, the way that they played against the Sabres, it is going to end badly. Well, that's what um, Cooper was saying after mm-hmm. the game. He had he had his praises, obviously spotlighting the positives. But the one that that humored me the most um, was his response to the game, saying, "Damn tough league to win it." So you're happy you got two points. But if we continue to play like that on the road, it's going to be tough sledding for us. So we definitely got to be a heck of a lot better than we were tonight. But then other than that, they're down 5-3 with six or whatever to go, and they found a way. There's a pedigree in that room. There are a lot of there are a lot of proud guys. We were happy with the game as a coaching staff and a team, question mark? No. Are we happy that we won? Yes. But I think that them winning in that form and fashion before taking on a Boston Bruins team like that showed them that they kind of have – have you seen the memes of uh, the quarterbacks where they put the x-ray of the dog in their chest? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the first thing in mind. I'm like, all right, so the guys just learned that they have that dog in them. Like, mm-hmm. here you go. You can x-ray this whole team right now and see a nice little pit bull in there ready to take on the Boston Bruins. And to win that way, I think, is crucial because 
every game's not going to be pretty, but if you know that this team wants to continue to fight and such a rapid paced game, anything can happen if there's two, three, four, or five minutes left on the clock, as you put it, that just shows that this is a playoff caliber team already. And they're not yeah. even functioning from the the roster that's supposed to carry them, you know, into playoffs. We're anticipating the return of guys that are going to raise the bar that much higher. So we learned that the Tampa Bay Lightning have that dog in them. I want I want somebody to make that graphic. I can't. They for sure do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone will respond. Pucks and Bolts fans, don't let Casey down. Please. Somebody Let's see that me. graphic. Let's see the graphic. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's Coop that has the dog in him. Maybe that would yeah. be the best. Oh my gosh, if I see a picture of Coach Cooper with a, with a little pit bull on him, I will uh, – happy New Year's to me. And- <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Casey, let's do our cherry pickers for this game before we get into uh, the game against Boston. And, of course, uh, I mean, yeah. again, basic, but my cherry picker has to be Steven Stamkos. He yeah. got two goals. He got the overtime game winner. He got to point nine ninety eight. Um, I mean, it was just a fantastic game for him. Um, and, and I think that, you know, he came out hot and yeah, I mean, it speaks for itself. You know, the fact that he, he really ended the game. Well, he was the guy that came up in there. You talk about like, you got a dog in you. He's the guy. I mean, he, the fact that he came out in the third period, he, he's the guy that put the lightning on the board first in the third period, really kind of energized this team, got them going before, you know, Hags scores his power play goal. And then he ends the game with the game with the overtime game winner. Uh, it's just beautiful. So Stammer's my cherry picker for that reason. I think that's so perfect, especially the, the poeticness of how he helped keep his team in, in the dog fight there. Um, I feel like I, I, I definitely chose him recently, but I, I have to choose him again. My cherry picker for this game is going to be Mikhail Sergachev. Three assists. Mm-hmm. And it's just when you're paying attention to what he's doing out there on the ice and how he's controlling that blue line for this team, how sharp and smart he is on the ice, the reads that he's making to help keep the puck pushing forward. I'm just I I I really appreciate how much Sergey has stepped up, but he said in the beginning of the season he wants to do whatever it takes to increase his role on this team. He works on every aspect of his game. I got a chance to talk to him after practice once when um, Penman went down and initially his role time on ice increased. And then he got pushed to that top power play unit. And he was like, this is stuff that I work on in the off season. So I feel prepared and this is what I want. And you've seen it translate. You know that this is somebody who wants to be a larger portion of this team and contribute. And he's doing that. He's coming up with an assist in almost every game. Um, he's helping out on the power play unit and they're loving what he's doing there. But to see him in the for three assists um, in that assist column and to just see how he's orchestrating on the ice and how he's reading and helping his team out, I, I couldn't go without giving something to Mikhail Sergachev. So he's going to be my cherry picker for this game, especially because of the dogfight that it was and him being a part of those uh, last three key goals, actually. Yeah. Yeah. He. He's a really, really fantastic player, and he can fly a little bit under the radar. So I'm glad that you picked somebody like him because um, he definitely deserves credit. Casey, getting into this game against Boston, like I said, I, I think that the Lightning were perfectly poised to have a back-to-back game and to to be able to take care of business because they were energized from this exciting win the night before. But they also know that they kind of scraped out the win, that they didn't play the perfect game, and they want to play better 
you see how they come in and honestly, you know, while I, I'm not going to say it was a great quote unquote start. Cause like, you know, the, the Bruins come out and they, they score they within like, the early goal. I the see. first kind of like minute of the game, like a minute and seven in and, and, and they get a goal. But after that, the lightning defended really well. I mean, Boston had nine other shots in, in, in the first period, um, or nine shots total. So eight other aside from the, the one that they got a goal on. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't, they had 11 shots on goal in the second and the lightning defended really, really well. So honestly, I was really impressed with this game, be- especially because coming off of such a high scoring game, um, to see such a defensive minded game, I think that they remember losing to Boston the last time they were oh, really yeah. frustrated after that loss. Mm-hmm. And that's why we saw them come out in that very next game. And they played a heck of a lot better, right? Um, Ooh, fantastic. You know what stood out to me the most, too? Yeah. Because um, you mentioned the fact of how they got started in the first period. But what was really great to see was the fact that it wasn't the first line. It wasn't the sec line, second line that kind of kept them in that first period. It was the third and the fourth line. Pat Maroon has probably had two or three really great games as of late. Um stepping up on the forecheck, bodying out guys, kind of flustering them when they try to manage the puck against him. He just uses his size to throw them off or pin them against the boards and helps his team get the puck back. So Pat has stepped up a lot and he's held himself accountable after a few of those losses in the past few weeks here. But it was also Nemestikov and this third and fourth line showing that they can be equally as aggressive in in the two-way format versus just trying to put pucks up there. Corey Perry stepping up so much more, really fighting for scoring opportunities. But in that first period, significantly, the third line, the fourth line, Ross Cole and Nemestikov, Pat Maroon, um, they fought hard to make sure that the defending portion of their game showed up for their team, but they also started to create chances. Like I thought it was going to be one of those two lines that ended up getting a goal first because of how aggressively they were hitting the ice. And I feel like they were the ones that started to force the tilt in the Bolts' favor. Yeah, I, I- I, I mean, I agree. I, I think that the way that the Lightning played and and I just think that, Casey, it, it, the, the thing that impressed me the most was the second period. I think that that's like, I just, because we've talked a lot this season about what the Lightning have done in the second period and it hasn't always been good. It hasn't always been pretty. Oh and so the fact that they came out and not only did they defend well, but then, you know, they, they, they get that power play opportunity. They take advantage of it. And of course it's Steven Stamkos. That's his 999th point, uh, you know, for his career with that uh, power play goal. And it wasn't even at the beginning of the, of, of the period, you know, it it's at the end of the period, hopefully, you know, kind of getting these guys going um, right before, you know, before going into the third period. So really setting the tone, setting the momentum, you you yeah. you leave the second period and you know, hey, we won that period. We won the second period. And now you we're going to about that setup too. Yeah. When Stanford got nine, uh, 909. That's, I hate that number. <laughs> it's a tough for me. 999. And that just sounds like bad juju. Um, moments before Stammer collects that 999th point, Yes, Casey, I did it. Um, Cooper, the Cooper shuffle. 
came in. If I wasn't setting up my laptop last night, I was blowing up Kaylee's phone already between the World Cup and other things. But um, Cooper shuffled up the lines just a little bit. He moved Braden Point to the second line with Pauly and Stamp with uh, Paul and Kalorn and moved Stamkos up to the top line with Cooch and Hagel. So I thought that was interesting because a couple of games ago, Alex Kalorn, when that first second line started to come into formation early in the season, Killer mentioned in a post game, he was like, yeah, he's like, sometimes we'll shift it up to see if we can create a different spark. And it was interesting mm-hmm. because it did set off some sort of spark. It also gives the Bruins a different look than what they've adjusted for uh, after playing and beating the Bolts on Monday. So I found that to be really interesting that moments after that little, you know, change up comes, here comes Stammer coming in with his 999th point. Wow. The fact that I can say that sentence is so cool for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, and that was on the, you know, and that was on the power play too, you know? And so it just, again, like the fact that the, the, the lightning, you know, they had a, they had a really hot power play in these last two games. It was, it was really good. And Casey, you make a good point because obviously the guy, these guys play together a lot on the power play, but they're not necessarily playing together a lot in even strength. And so having a few extra shifts where you are playing together in even strength, I think it bodes well then for the power play as well. And probably John Cooper said, Hey, we've been so hot on the power play. Maybe I need to get stammer up in the mix on that top line so that uh, so that we can maybe generate some even strength action too. It was the power play that ended up generating um, for this team last night. Uh, like I said, the, the lightning were one for two on the power play. And, and that Steven Samco's goal was a power play goal again, right to end that second period. So you come into the third period and you're, and you're feeling really good about yourself. You're thinking, okay, we just ended the second on the power play goal. We tied things up. This is a Boston team that has like a 37 point differential. You know, they, they really score a lot on teams and they don't allow a lot of goals. This game is ours to lose. Like we have all we, we need to come out and defend well, continue to defend well, and then take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves and I think this is where things kind of go a little bit wrong for the Lightning. Um, and whenever yeah. you you heard from Coach Cooper after the game, this is probably the biggest thing that he got frustrated with. If you guys remember, I'm, I'm going to kind of like big picture set this up. In, in, in my uh, Kaylee's Corner the other day, I talked about, okay, the Lightning, they're taking way too many penalties. And part of the, you know, part of how many goals they're allowing in a game is based off of how many penalties they're taking because they were taking, I think on average, like 5.9 penalties or something like that in the last 10 games. So a a stupid number of penalties, way too many, way too many penalties. And so, um, I, my, my point was, Hey, cut down on penalties and you're, and you're most likely statistically speaking, you're going to cut down on goals. Um, no. But in addition to that, you also need to step up the, that penalty kill. You need to have a really strong penalty kill. And if you if if teams do have a chance, you need to be able to finish them off and stop them. And Casey, I think that was the frustrating part for this team last night is because they weren't able to do that. They were able to do half of it. They cut right. down on the penalties. They only had one penalty in the whole game. They only gave Boston one opportunity on the power play. And Boston succeeded on that, um, and the and the Bolts couldn't shut down that the um, second top range power power play unit in the league right now. So that was the uh, the big hiccup there. Yeah, and and that's why I said you know coming into this game, you really have to be careful about how many penalties you're taking. They were 
they only yeah. took one penalty, but they still couldn't yeah. stop that Boston team even after, um, you know, everything that they did in the second period within the first three minutes of the game. Boston comes in, they get the power play opportunity, and they capitalize on it. Um, and that's just frustrating for this team, you know, um, because they played a really solid game. And so then for it, for it to just be kind of taken away on the penalty kill, um, that, that was the thing that I heard from John Cooper last night that he seemed the most frustrated about that. He was just, he said specifically, you know, we had one we had one job in the third, you know, we, we had one job and we couldn't even stop their one power, you know, power play opportunity that really frustrated him. He was not happy with that. So I will not be surprised Casey, if he potentially switches things up on that penalty kill unit, or if we just see a lot of practice for that penalty kill unit, because he was not overly impressed with that. And I think that that's kind of what obviously ended up doing the team in. And then after that, they just, they they couldn't really control the puck. They weren't able to pull Vassy, you know, very early. Normally Coop would pull him around three minutes. They weren't really able to pull him until like a minute and 20 seconds left in the game. Whenever there was like a face off um, Mm -hmm. because Boston just kept pressing. They just kept getting it into the lightning zone. And and so they weren't able to pull the goalie and try to get anything going to uh to even things up (coughs) right bless you thank you (laughs) and it's just we talked about how the bolts respond in the previous game versus the sabers and i think where coach cooper was also frustrated is even though they had that response they were the ones that kind of negated their their strong response to whatever the bruins do their way so what was unfortunate too is as how heavily the bolts tilted the ice in their favor to make it to to make it work out. But then there's that goal, Kaylee, that you wanted to talk about, that almost goal. A oh. huge chance by Corey Perry in the third period caused a, such a pretty chance. momentum swing. I mean, after he did not land that goal, this team came out ten times harder and they had already started to tilt the ice in their favor. But to see that, you know, that chance was there that was so close that they were in this game by, you know, that much. Um I, I do appreciate the momentum swing that that gave this team after that, but it was just, you can only work so hard against the clock. And if it wasn't for that power play goal, as you mentioned, Kaylee, then that's what's so frustrating because it would have set them into another overtime opportunity after mm-hmm. such a hard fought game, because for, for, I would say personally, two out of three periods, the Bulls tilted the ice in their favor. I really yeah. appreciate um, their strong forechecking and a huge contributing factor to that forechecking element is Brandon Hagel. He is insane. He's he he's one of the he's the best forechecker on that team right now, especially with Anthony uh, Anthony Sorelli not in the lineup. <clears throat> yeah, I tried to get Coop to to own up to that after um, one of the practices. I'm like, All right, well, well, with Sorelli out, who's that next guy? And he was kind of hesitant to answer it, but eventually he said, you know, he really likes. Brandon Hagel's game and he likes how much it's starting to come that to come to life. And we've talked about it here on Pucks and Bolts. It's coming to life game by game by game. And he's actually one of the top guys contributing to, to takeaways. It was Chris Kren that tweeted, Hagel continues to be a pest on the forecheck for the Bolts with two takeaways, uh, earning 
Hagel's at 17 takeaways in November with the second most in the NHL. And that was versus the Sabres before getting to the Bruins. And I can tell you guys this, he was just as irritating versus the Bruins. He was all over the ice. When he got knocked down, he was so quick to get back up and just be that fly on the all over them. And we really haven't seen that since Yanni Gord. Mm-hmm. And last season, we saw that starting to come come to life more for Anthony Sorelli. He was translating that to his game because he skates so wide and he's able to kind of, even though he's not the tallest guy or the biggest guy on the ice, Sorelli takes up space in this weird way. So that's what helped him be so strong on the forecheck as well as the fact that he's a pest. But it's interesting to see Brandon Hagel now kind of adapt to that and be that next pest on the team. But he's not only just somebody who's strong on the forecheck, he's creating those takeaways. And to know that you have a guy on your roster that's second in the league for takeaways, that's so helpful so there were so many bright spots to this game versus the Bruins and I think what hurts the most is to let up in the second period on Monday last week after having a strong first period against well the best team in the league right now to coming on and responding to that opening goal to tilting the ice in your favor to having a great forechecking game to playing really well in the neutral zone something else that they have been focusing on in practices aside from special teams to do all these right things versus a great team like the Boston Bruins and to have that win like at your fingertips. I always like asking not players and coaches because I don't want to be the person that asks irritating questions, but I'm always curious to what stings the most. Is it that gap loss or is it that, wow, we, we actually had that and it slipped between our fingertips. And I think the slip between the fingertips always stings a little more. Yeah. No, I think, I think that the, the, the players and coaches would agree a hundred percent Casey. Um, well, you you noted a few positive aspects of this game, so I think that leads us into our cherry picker for this game, round two. Round Katie, two. I'm gonna be so basic again. I'm gonna Go I'm gonna do do stammer again. I mean, I like he gets going on the power play. Oh, he's oh. he's been he's the only goal. He's been doing it in so many different ways, even strength power play. You know, Cooper is switching him up. Clearly, he's hot right now. Cooper sees it. Everybody feels it. I think there's, like, anticipation going for, like, what, you know, what is to come with with him and his, you know, on watch for the career point 1,000. Um, And I think that – I think we're seeing it in his game. I think that Steven Stamkos is playing really, really hot right now. Um, And it was really good to see – the fact that he was able to in both of these games shine, get get a power play goal, get some even strength goals. Um, and um, yeah, he he he's my cherry picker for that reason. I think that's again, it's it's suiting. <laughs> Sam goes is the captain for a reason, but it's exciting to see what's to come for him. And that's just one milestone he's about to hit this season. He has oh my a, goodness. One waiting in the wings. Um, I'm gonna okay, so I think I'm going to have a uh, honorable mention, but first my cherry picker is going to be Brandon Hagel. He's, he's such a difference maker on this team uh, in many ways, but it kind of just goes back to what I was, what I was talking about moments ago in terms of forechecking and creating turnovers and his, his relentless attack up there. You know, he's either creating chances for Nikita Kucherov or Braden Point, or he's taking them himself. So the, the, the stronger two way, player that you can be and I think it was it was either Brandon Hankel or Nick Paul that mentioned how important it is to have a defensive element to your game but I think that Brandon Hagel has such a balanced attack that's just getting going and like I mentioned you want that guy on your team that's going to create takeaways but also create scoring chances and now he's starting to rack up in that goal column as well so Brandon Hagel is going to be my cherry picker my honorable mention has to be Pat Maroon 
Um, as I said, over the last couple of games, he's kind of been a key guy in in setting different kinds of tones. Obviously, he's he's one of those muscle players that come out there and get in guys' heads. He tried to get a few Bruins players to debate into fighting him last night, and they did not do it. I think they learned after Monday. But aside from the physical element of his game, it's the fact that he had a high uh, ozone start percentage, and he helped get those third and fourth lines more involved versus a strong Bruins team. And I think that Patty was a tone setter in that first period to help keep this team focused mentally and in the game. And he's taking responsibility after games beforehand, saying that he can, you know, do a little better in the crease, help get his team going that much more. And it wasn't just the physical element of his game. It's the fact that he brought a whole different tone to everything in that first period, which was crucial. So Pat's going to be my honorable mention for the Boston Bruins game. I love that. I love that. And and like you said, Casey, it was, I think it was more of a heartbreaking loss, um, but it was, there were some really good moments in the game and, and really, I mean, it was really just the penalty kill that kind of, that kind of did the team in um, against a really, really good Boston Bruins power play. Uh, so you have to give them credit a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Casey, uh, we have some more lightning hockey coming up. Uh, stay tuned for an after skate. Casey and I are going to have a little bit of an after skate for you tomorrow to preview the next game. The Lightning will take on John Tortorella and the Flyers. So be sure to subscribe to Pucks and Bolts wherever you get your podcasts. Also, follow us at Pucks and Bolts on Twitter, where we have video extras, interviews with coaches and players, and so much more. Be sure to download the Odyssey app. It is the best place to find pucks and bolts. Once you download the app, you can just find pucks and bolts. Turn on the auto download button. And anytime we have a new episode or a new after skate, it will come straight to you. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can find me at Kaylee Mizell. She's Casey Hudson. You can find her at the sports case and we will see you guys tomorrow. 2400 sports is an Odyssey company. 